So the Christmas shopping season, of course, has ended. Crazy. I was out at the mall this week, and I went to Southgate, and I also went to the outlet mall out by the airport. And I did this a couple of times prior to Christmas, and I think once sort of the Boxing Day-ish weekend. Um, craziness. Mayhem. Wall-to-wall people couldn't find a parking spot. This weekend, quiet. <laughs> there was there was very few people. I mean, it, you know, there was activity, but nothing. Nothing like the, the pre-Christmas or right after Christmas period. So my thinking is, this is it. This is the lull in retail. Not, not necessarily depending on what um, component of retail you're involved in, because especially for online retailers, and, you know, but the same thing happens at the mall, right? Everybody's bringing back the Christmas gifts that they got. So uh, in the U.S., listen to these numbers. This is crazy. The National Retail Federation estimates that this year, $966 billion worth of goods were purchased during the holiday shopping season during the holiday shopping season, and 15% of it is going to be returned, okay? That's more than $100 billion worth of goods that have to be returned. So what happens to all those returns? Well, in a lot of cases, other retailers scoop them up for pennies on the dollar. They get auctioned off by this it's this reverse supply economy that has really started to grow. But in many cases, and this blew my mind, the seller will say to the customer, especially online retailers primarily, um, you get in touch with them and say, you know what, I, I, I don't want this product, I want to return it, I want a refund, and the retailer will just say to you, yeah, okay, we'll give you your money back, just keep it. Costs us more money to actually have you ship that thing back to us because we pay the shipping. It's not worth it. It's easier, cheaper, and more efficient for us to just give you your money back and let you keep the product. Now, that opens the door to all kinds of crazy things to me, um, but that's the policy they've adopted. How? Why? Help us understand all of this so-called reverse supply chain economy that's out there. We have Bruce Winder with us. Bruce, um, a retail expert and analyst, somebody we've spoken to many times before. Bruce, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on the program. You know, so to start, these numbers, you know, like $966 billion in holiday shopping, say what you will about the economy and, you know, what things are costing right now. Um, it's not all doom and gloom in retail. Hey, people still spending money. Yeah, and that's a U.S. number. I mean, people are still spending money in Canada, too, but the um, uh, U.S. economy is a little more buoyant. You know, I think their retail sales for the for the fall were up 3%. Our numbers haven't really come in yet. Stats Canada said November looked like it was going to be flat. Mm -hmm. But either way, to your point, there's just a ton of merchandise coming back. Yeah, crazy amount. So, you know, the surprising piece here is that in 2022, almost the same amount was returned over the whole year. Um, But still, we're talking like, you know, 900, I think it was $939 million in returns or something. It's a huge industry that I've never really thought about. But it's, you know, if you're in retail, I mean, this is, like I said, 15% of your business is dealing with returns. By the sound of it. Does that surprise you? No, it doesn't. I actually used to work uh, in reverse logistics at Canadian Tire Head Office about a decade and a half ago. And uh, it's a very dirty little secret with retailers is how much money they spend on returns and how much money they lose on returns. And that's why I wasn't really surprised when I started to hear about retailers saying, hey, you know what, just keep the product. We don't want it back. Okay. Help me to understand that because how commonplace is that, Bruce? I mean, I, I, the name that keeps coming back when I talk to people about this story is Wayfair. Um, uh, one of our coworkers here said she bought a bathing suit online, didn't fit, wanted a new one. They said, well, we'll send you the new one, but just keep the old one. We don't want to have to deal with it. How common is it for companies to just say, yeah, okay, we'll give you your money back, but you know what? Don't bother giving us our product back. We don't even want it. 
Yeah, it's becoming much more common. Uh, started, you know, I started to get wind of this about two years ago. Um, in the U.S., companies like Walmart were doing that. They often do it with, with items that are low ticket, low price point. Um, that, you know, the shipping costs far outweigh the value of the item. Yeah. Because remember, when you get a return back from a retailer, they don't just put it automatically back on the shelf, to your point. They've got to pay the shipping off and to have it back. They've got to pay handling. They may have to clean it, inspect it. Then there's freight, you know, back to a warehouse or freight back to a store. You can easily spend a multiple of the value of the product just on return. So the economics aren't worth it. As funny as it sounds from a consumer standpoint, the economics aren't worth it to bring this thing back. So I imagine, and a couple of thoughts that I had when I heard that this is something that businesses do quite commonly. First of all, uh, there's got to be a a growth industry out there, unfortunately, with people who recognize this, realize this, and will take advantage of it. Because basically, you can get a product for free. Yeah, and that's what retailers do on the other side, though, is they use analytics. So they track customers doing this. And the customers who are trying to take advantage of it, they're going to contact them and they may tell them, look, sorry for you. You know what? There's no returns or there's, you know, they're going to change the terms of their sale agreement with the small handful of customers who are trying to game the system. Gotcha. Okay. So they're dialed in on it. The other aspect is this, is if, if, you know, the rest of us who go in and buy something from, and like I say, I don't know why, but Wayfair is the name I keep hearing. um, There's got to be a premium that everybody who shops at Wayfair is paying because they have this practice where 15% of the goods that they sell, they refund the money for and don't really care. They don't get the good. So, I mean, don't they have to put that into what they're charging everybody else for the stuff that we do keep? Oh, for sure. It's a hundred percent. I mean, those costs for returns, if you have an inefficient return system, um, that's going right back into the price of the product. So it's sort of like a little bit of socialism, everyone. Yeah, exactly. We're all subsidizing. Um, it's all subsidized. And that's something that's been going on for years. But the big issue is that retailers have their sights on trying to lower their returns, especially with online, right? If you look at e-commerce, the e-commerce return rates are about three times that of brick and mortar. Yeah. So retailers have quietly been losing their shirt on returns for the last decade or so. And now they're all trying to say, hey, times are tough. We've got to find every nickel. Let's find ways to sort of reduce that. Some of it might be, like you said, keep the product. There's other things where retailers have asked customers to make the return in store, or they've charged yeah. a stocking fee too if they return it. So retailers are changing the game because they can't go on losing their shirt on return. No, absolutely not. Okay. And then the part of the other piece to this puzzle, and, and like you say, you worked in this for a while, it's fascinating. It's got to be huge. And that's the, the resale. And, uh, you know, the story in, that I found this with NBC was there's a company out of Pennsylvania that has a massive warehouse just full of this stuff, and it's all store sure. returns that they auction off. And there's an entire retail sector of the retail economy out there that deals strictly with returned items, right? Oh, yeah, it is. It's incredible, right? There's there's people who buy skids and sell skids. They buy it in bulk, sight unseen, and then resell it and try to live off the margin between what they buy it for and what they can sell it on Facebook Marketplace or in a store, live off a 10 or 20% differential. So, yeah, it's a massive industry. And um, you know what? It's just going to get larger. And, the enable, you know, Facebook Marketplace, Kijiji, these type of marketplaces have enabled companies to make a business out of this uh, part, too. But, yeah, it's absolutely big. And if you're a retailer, all you really care about is percent recovery on right. the asset. 
So if you have a shirt worth $100, what's the most you can get for that shirt that's, that's returned as, as a percentage of the value? And that's what they do. Uh, there, there's stores, uh, and I'm in Edmonton, and I know there's there's one called Crazy Bins. I don't even know if it's still in business, but basically, it's you know on a sliding scale. You go in on one day, and it costs everything is five bucks, and then the next day it's four, and it goes down. But it's just giant bins of I think returned items. There's liquidation stores all over dollar stores. Is that where the inventory comes from for these places? Yeah, that's a big part of it. I mean, you look at uh, a lot of those clear-out stores is uh, returns or it could be items that are obsolete. They've wanted the style or, you know, slightly damaged or something. I mean, you know, I look back, back in the 70s, uh, we used to go to the Sears outlet store. And, uh, you know, that was where Sears had all their items that were just that. And we would buy them all at discount. So this has been a, an industry that's been growing a lot They're, because the economy is tough. And consumers don't have a stigma, stigma now with buying used products and using experienced products. The stigma has gone there. So yeah. it's a free-for-all now to try to get as much value as you can for the lowest amount of money. I'm interested uh, in your take. You, you say that you think um, companies, especially online, are going to get a lot stricter about this. And they're going to have to come up with different ways because they're losing their shirt. Isn't it? Partly because, you know, for a guy like me who doesn't do a lot of online shopping, the reason I don't is primarily because of this. Like, what if I get something I don't want? I don't want the hassle of trying to return it. So online companies or all companies that deal with online retailing have made it really, really easy recognizing that that's a barrier for a lot of people. So, I mean, how do they manage to do both those things at the same time, Bruce? Yeah, and that's been the million-dollar question, right? Because when online started, a lot of people didn't want to buy on it because, well, I can't see the item, I can't touch it. And that's why they created such liberal return policy. But, you know, it's sort of grown into a monster now, and they have no choice but to try to cage it and try to lower some of these things. Hopefully people are more confident now in buying online that they don't need to do it. There's also some software that's coming out to AI that will help them sort of keep it sold. But definitely it's big, scary things that a lot of e-commerce retailers are dealing with. It's a whole new world. Interesting stuff. Bruce, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Have a great day.